0: at gracekettering.org thanks again for joining us and enjoy the episode
1: we're going to do a few things here before we get, jump into the message acts chapter number 18 this morning and uh i want this if uh if you have served in the military i did not uh recognize our veterans last uh, last week but the past uh Day was uh, Veterans Day, and I just want to take a moment to uh, thank you. And so, if you have served in the military and are a veteran, would you just simply stand for us this morning? And I want to before you before you sit back down, I'd like for you just to um, to give your name, the branch that you served in, uh, and and. Uh, Maybe the rank that you uh, that you had, and so forth, um, your your focus in the military, your your job description, whatever. Uh, sh- share share with us. Help us to get to know you a little bit better. So I'll start over here with Miss Heidi. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Go ahead, Brother Morse. All right, okay, thank you. Okay, very, very good. Isaac, you can't hide out in the booth, bud. All right, very, very good. Thank you so much for your service and uh, even our gathering today as we gather in freedom and uh, with protection and just with the freedoms that we hold dear in our country, uh, we, we largely put that at your, at your feet. And that, is, that is something you uh, has cured in our country and so we uh, thank you very, very much for that and uh, we should not lose sight of that. I want to thank the guys that were able to uh, go over to the men's retreat uh, this this weekend over in Mansfield. We had a really good time, and uh, so here is, I'll show you just a couple pictures, here's the most of the guys, there's a couple guys that are not uh, in that group picture, but uh, most of the guys that were over there, that's over in the the gym after they just ate some pork, uh, uh, shredded pork nachos with cheese and salsa, just a great thing to do right before you go to bed about 10 o'clock at night one of the guys goes uh, hey i have tums in my room <laughs> okay so uh, yeah, and so uh, there's a picture of them uh, eating there, and uh, they had a, a men's choir. I didn't, because I was up in it, they had a men's choir, and so I coerced Jack to come up and sing with me. We sang Faithful Men, Brother Grant was up there, the, I, uh, the Isaacs, I just think that, that that sounds like a group, and that they ought to maybe sing uh, together, but anyway, they were up there, and uh, I think someone else was up there, but uh, we enjoyed singing that with a, a group of uh, um, men from different churches that had gathered there, uh, Ron Hamilton's song Faithful Men, uh, Brother uh, uh, Atkins, uh, Dale Atkins was one of the preachers. He is now down at uh, Pensacola Christian College and he uh, deals with uh, uh, just some of the student affairs and ministering to the, uh, to the young people, counseling and so on. And then uh, Brother uh, Kurt Skelly was the other preacher. and uh, so there were about four preaching times. and then there were their sessions where they did question and answer and um, real pertinent, great topics that were uh, discussed and, and so forth. So uh, things that are just related to guys and related to our life in the, in the in the world, and so appreciated those. And this is the first time that we've gone to that conference, but it was uh, it's been going on. This is the 25th uh, year of this conference, and was uh, just a wonderful blessing. Huge group of uh, guys there. I'd say 500-plus um, of guys that were just uh, uh, gathered there. And what, a, what an encouragement to sing together. And they did a lot of singing together, and we, we enjoyed that very much. When we finished it off, there were a few guys that wanted to go to Der Dutchman. And, uh, and so th- that, that was like we got to go to Der Dutchman on the way home. And uh, I told my wife, I said, it feels, you know, it just kind of feels like not a guy thing to do to go to their Dutchman. But nonetheless, it's an all-you-can-eat buffet. And, uh, and, and so we were there, and there was plenty of eating that went on on our way home. And so that was a blessing. Now, there are many times we stop at, this, uh, at these times to, to be strengthened, okay, as men or ladies individually um, or as, as couples together. And I want to put right on your minds, guys, I already told you uh, that went. I want to put on your minds about couples retreat for next year, and so couples retreat is going to be on March the 18th through the 19th. Uh, it's going to be down in the Westchester area, so not that far of a drive. And uh, so I'd encourage you w- just jump on board even right now. Put that on your calendar. Say I'm going to be there. I'm going to be encouraged. Dave Young is probably uh, one of my, in my mind, one of the top speakers in our in our nation. Uh, on related to couples uh, things. Uh, very straightforward. One of the things that I really appreciated about the men's conference is it was straightforward. It dealt with things that pertain to guys, but it also, as I told the Sunday school class this morning, it also, ladies, I want you to know this, there was a complete absence of any ridicule towards ladies. That's important. And, and I'll tell you, there, it grieves my heart when there's sarcasm uh, you know, of a husband towards a spouse and, and we belittle one another for the differences that God made between us. It, it's not right. But there was, an, there was an absence of that. And I want you to know it was, it was respectful, and the men were challenged to be men. And, the, and, and that, that's a good thing. And so uh, as we go to this, that, that's also another thing that I appreciate, and, and that's something I want, I want you to know. We're, we're going to a place that honors and values both. God has put us both together, and we, and we have to learn how to live as two sinners equal before God, um, but two sinners in the same house. And so that takes constant maintenance. And so I want to encourage every couple. You say, I don't do couples' retreats. Well, I want to encourage you. You ought to think about it. You ought to think about it. Because you will be blessed. You will be encouraged. And so uh, you can do this. You can go to, you can scan this code. Um, and so I'll, I'll leave it up here for a few moments. You can scan this code and go to it. You need to put in, uh, for, 50, uh, for the registration, it's a $50 registration before February the 13th, all right? Right before uh, Valentine's Day, uh, you get that, that registration and the total registration is $150. Not, not bad, something very achievable and uh, I'd encourage you. If you have kids, I'd encourage you to consider uh, finding a, a babysitter, that's what we're gonna do. You now have many months to work on that uh, and to prep your, your children for that. Uh, you can, you can, uh, if you need help with that, I'd certainly encourage you to talk uh, to me or call into the church office and say, hey, we have some kids we're not really sure what to do with, uh, we'd, like to, we'd <laughs> like to loan them out. Okay, uh, we've driven our kids to Indiana, We've done, uh, we've, we've done many different things to um, be able to be a part of this, but I, I would not let, I would not let uh, your children stand in the way of you uh, benefiting as a couple. Here's something that, that I'm going to say, and I'll, I'll get to the preaching here in a second, but I, I just say this. You know, there's sometimes people get all the way to the end of their child-rearing years, and they've put so much focus on the kids and not invested into their marriage that they get to the empty nester stage, which I'm not there at, uh, but they get to the empty nester phase and they start having problems because they haven't spent time getting to know each other. They, they stop that, they put that on hold because they had children. That is not God's design. There should have been a whole lot more amens right there. That is not God's design. And I encourage you to, to figure out, make a way, make it happen. If there's a will, there's a way, make it happen and uh, we will be benefited by this, uh, this time together. And so I want to encourage you about that. I'll continue to encourage you about that. And uh, I hope that you'll register. We will be registering. And uh, as the Lord allows and the creek doesn't ra- arise, we'll be there. Uh, the Lord willing. We'll say that. The Lord willing. And so we look forward to that. It is with First Baptist Church of Eaton. Uh, Brother Andrew Stensis, uh, Brian Stensis' son. And uh, I appreciate them putting this on. This is something that the Lord has just developed and given them the, uh, the gift to do. And uh, they invite other churches. That's another one of the blessings, being together with other churches from around the area. And so I encourage you, reach out to your friends, even in other parts of the state. Reach out to them and say, hey, you ought to be at this thing. Send them the link and so on. And so that will be a great, uh, great, great blessing. Looking forward to tonight. We'll be in, uh, we'll be in the book of 2 Timothy, the title of the message, I Am Ready. Uh, what we all need to be pattering ourselves after, the life of the Apostle Paul, who said with absolute confidence, I'm ready uh, to be done with life, I'm ready to go on to heaven, I'm ready, and I, wanna, I want to be ready, I want you to be ready, so let's be here at 6 p.m. tonight, and uh, enjoy that together uh, in the book of 2 Timothy. Let's stand, you are at Acts chapter 18, amen? That's <laughs> well, this is going to be a great morning. Acts chapter number 18, amen? There you are. And so let's let's jump into this. And uh, you might have seen on the the slideshow ahead of the service some of the uh, pictures of Corinth. We'll look at a few of those. But I wanted to throw those out ahead of the service. And uh, uh, this is an interesting city that Paul is walking into. So let's read about it. Acts 18 and verse number 1, the Bible says, After these things, what things? He was in Athens. Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth and found a certain Jew named Aquila. Born in Pontus, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome. Claudius being the emperor there, the Caesar. And came unto them, Paul came to them, found them there in the city. And because he was of the same craft, the same occupation, the same job, he abode with them, he lived in their house and wrought, they worked together, for by their occupation they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath, that's Saturday, the Jewish day of worship, not Sunday, the, the believer's day of, of gathering and assembling, the Sabbath, and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks, the Greek proselytes, those that had accepted, uh, accepted Jewish uh, Jewish worship or the Jewish uh, religion and they've accepted it. So he's persuading both the Jews who are unsaved and the Gentiles who are yet unbelievers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's ask God's blessing together on, on uh, his word. Father, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for this gathering. Thank you for each one of our veterans. Uh, Lord, I am grateful for their presence in this, in this church, uh, this family, and I pray that uh, you would just encourage their hearts even today Uh, knowing that they have contributed to the freedom in our country. And, uh, Lord, we give you praise for the freedom that you gave us at the cross and by giving your life, sacrificing your life for us, and we give you praise for that. Lord, we just ask that now you would speak to our hearts, would you minister to us, and would you help us to see Jesus Christ today high and lifted up, and would he be exalted in our hearts, and would those that do not know you yet uh, come to you by faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. You've all had the time to ask uh, someone else for help. Uh, It's a hard thing sometimes to say, I need help, I need help. Uh, children sometimes say that and they get to an age where they stop asking for help I need help tying my shoe I need help help is important I think even over this past uh, this past weekend as we were up there with the guys is thinking about all the guys that were there and I appreciate we started talking about some of the things that we want to do in 2022 uh, for men to reach out and to be a blessing on to men and I was thinking I appreciated the help they were saying we want to help out in this way I appreciate the the help everyone uh, needs help from time to time and I We come to this passage of Scripture here, and we find that Paul had found inside of Corinth some helpers, some people that were going to help him along in the journey. He's just left. Uh, He's just left Athens. He's still on his second missionary journey. He's traveled just a little bit over to Corinth, another passage city yes it did have a synagogue because there was at least 10 uh, Jewish men there and he is going to begin to minister there but he is on his own and he did not have someone else to help him at this point along the way and I just realized this morning I did not dismiss the children and the kids are saying hold on hold on this is what isn't what we signed up for and so, uh, it, and, and some are looking at me like, we want to stay in, all right, that's up to your parents, fourth grade and below, if you'd like to be dismissed at this point, you can go and uh, be dismissed at Children's Church, okay, fourth grade and below. Some parents are saying, oh no, we have a service, huh? we have a service that's going to be interesting. All right, they're dismissed. Look at the eagerness with which they run. All right, be safe now. And so Paul is—he uh, has is journeyed down there to Corinth and is is in the city on his own. There isn't isn't a again like he went down to uh, to Athens. There isn't a group of believers that are uh, that are gathering together for encouragement. There isn't an assembly like this. There isn't children's church and so on. Uh, there isn't all that going on. He is coming into a fresh city that needs the gospel, a very pagan and heathen city, and it is in this city that God does indeed bless him with a a helper and there's been times even in my own uh pastoring that i've asked the lord lord i need someone to help me with this specific ministry uh, i feel like our church is lacking in this ministry i have prayers right now about that specific thing lord i need someone who has this gift and this passion who will who will love the ministry have the same heart as i do for that ministry and will will take it as their own and they will they will go on it with uh, with direction and and be a helper i have no doubt that paul on his way prayed in that way lord i I need someone i'm I'm traveling on my own and he hadn't up until this point on the this missionary journey he'd always had some sidekicks with him but he comes into this this city without help and it's interesting how that god gives him what he needs and i want you to notice in verse number one it was a time of loneliness for the apostle paul remember all the way down from berea he had been traveling uh, somewhat on his own the the believers up there in Berea. Uh, escorted him on his way some over 200 miles down to Athens. And and then they went immediately back up to send word to Timotheus and to Silas saying, hey, listen, you need to get down there uh, and be with the Apostle Paul down there in Athens. And before he had even rejoined with them, uh, he had gotten over to Corinth. And so this was a time of loneliness for the Apostle Paul. Just think as he left Athens uh, he left Athens without a great move of God a, a, as a word, though uh, God's word's not bound in it would continue to affect the lies. But he had left Athens, if you remember back at the end of verse number 17 or chapter 17, uh, there were certain that believed, but uh, many that had not yet believed and turned from their idolatry to God. So this was a time of loneliness for the Apostle Paul. He was without his, his partners. Look at verse number 1. He came there to Corinth. He departed from Athens, he was alone without them. Now, uh, Ecclesiastes tells this uh, to us in verse number nine, it says, but of chapter four, but woe to him that is alone. Woe to him that is alone. It starts early, it says, two are better than one. And every man says, that's married, says, you should come to the couple's retreat. (laughs) Two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their labor. By the way, if you have a friend here, you're single. Uh, I don't mean to, I don't mean to um, put, put it aside or to dampen it. Uh, if you have a friend, uh, isn't that a great thing? If you have someone that's a friend within the church family, isn't that a great thing? Amen. Praise the Lord for friendships. And God, God knows he has a specific calling on each of our lives. If you're not married, uh, I, I hope you have a good friend. Uh, some, uh, someone where you can, this verse can be true. Two are better than one. Paul wasn't married, by the way. think about that and look what he did for the Lord because they have a good reward for the labor for if they fall the one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him. Sad is him, uh, endangers him, that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. So this is Paul. He's on his own. He, he doesn't have a wife. He doesn't have a friend that is along with him at this point. He's on, on his own, and he's departed. The idea of the departing was that he was being moved along, that this was someone else's idea. And I just wonder if you could tell me who is, uh, 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 whose idea might it have been for him to leave Athens and go to Corinth dots okay the holy spirit's moving them along so the, the tense of the the verb departed is that he uh, this wasn't this wasn't something that he was choosing to do he was departing as he followed the holy spirit's leading over into uh into uh corinth and so he's on to the next journey i can imagine he left with mixed emotions because there were some there that said hey at athens we'll hear this again we'll hear this again but he is moving on at this point to the next city now I just want us to realize there's going to be times that God leads us through periods of loneliness in our lives, in our Christian journey, and in our service to him. There's going to be times of loneliness. And friend, if, if your service to the Lord, if you're fulfilling your calling, is dependent on whether you have someone with you, you are going to restrain yourself, you are going to hinder yourself from serving the Lord to the fullest. And, friend, how I encourage you this morning, no matter who is with you, serve the Lord. Fulfill your calling. And he says this in Philippians 4 and verse 11 not that I speak in respect of want, in respect of lack. I'm not not, bemoaning all the things that I lack, but I have learned in whatsoever state I am, do you know it? Therewith to be content. Therewith to be content. And even in this moment, Paul showed that contentment. It was not a complaint of his. He was moving on. But as he was moving on without his partners, he was going to face a challenge, a big challenge. Because Corinth is just 50 miles away. It's not far. It's not a big journey uh, compared to what he had just done from Berea. Uh, it's not a large journey, but he is moving 50 miles uh, over. Give me that map, guys, so that they can help uh, see this. So he's moving over there uh, to the whatever, to the, uh, to the west there. i um, getting my directions a little mi- uh, mixed up. And so he's still on this second missionary journey moving into the heart or to the capital city of Achaia. Now, this capital city... Uh, was seated on an isthmus it was divided there was a real it was uh, it, it was uh, seated on a real narrow uh, strip of land and so uh, it, it had some waterways uh, around it uh, there at the of uh, this capital city it had two ports on either side of it so it was a city that focused much on trade and uh, So it was a trade city. There were many people coming in and out in fact Um, It was a a city that did extensive trade with Egypt, and uh, Alexandria, Egypt, uh, in specific, uh, as the capital city, as a trade city, it was also very diverse, languages, um, nationalities, religions, one of the key religions there, one of the key focuses was a temple uh, to uh, to an Egyptian god, and that might be because of there was so much trade between Alexandria, Egypt, and, and Corinth that they had that they had that god, that specific temple there. But that was a big deal. But it was very diverse. So as you you came in, it was nothing to see different nationalities, different worship, different uh, different languages to hear that in the streets. But also Corinth was very prideful. It was full of luxury uh rich increased with goods needing nothing they were self-sufficient in their mindset and uh uh, something that was interesting in this in their arrogance was they were also very effeminate as a city the uh sexual sins were very very um, pronounced in the city Uh, I'll mention a little bit more in a a second but very pronounced but very effeminate and uh, as we kind of look at our own society as there is a move towards homosexuality and a move towards uh, uh, removing the genders and transgender issues and all, all those things understand there's nothing new under the sun. This has been going on for millennia as a nation, as a group of people reject God. Romans chapter 1, the, as the spiral continues, it ends up in homosexuality and the, the rejection of God's created design. By the way, church, do we love those that are in any sin? Yes or no? Jesus loved the sinner, hated the sin, correct? And by the way, our heart our love is not is, is is not dependent on who we should love just like Jesus loves We love everyone But we want them to the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember talking to someone that was of that that persuasion I just was honest. This is where I stand. I don't agree with you However, I I love you and I want to help you and I do want you to know my agenda is to help you to Jesus Christ into freedom in Jesus Christ I don't want to beat around the bush about that. And you might be in a job situation where you're with somebody that, does not, uh, that is of that persuasion, is effeminate, and you're, your responsibility is not to change them. Your responsibility is to point them to the Lord Jesus Christ, to help them on their way to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we do that with the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. He always spoke the, the truth in love. He, he loved them to himself, and, and, and he never condoned their sin, did he? And so there's going to be moments where you will have to say, this is what I believe. This is what the Bible says. I can't condone this, but I love you and I want to help you. And, uh, and, and truly mean that from your heart. And so there was, this city was full of that. In fact, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, and such were some of you. Later when Paul was writing to the Corinthian church, he wrote to them and said, listen, some of you came out of a homosexual lifestyle. And by the way, just let me say another thing about that. There are some, even in independent Baptist circles, that believe that homosexuals cannot be saved. And that is a damnable heresy. It's against the the the. It is against the whosoever will, as we sang about, may come. <laughs> as long as you're breathing this this earth's air, you have the ability to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. He He will save anyone who comes to Him. And I'm thankful for a merciful, loving Savior like that. And by the way, as we consider that the world and those that are caught up in this sinfulness, this sin that is so very uh, so very um, life altering that they begin to identify themselves by that very sin as we think about this world around us some of them look at groups like us and they say well they just hate us they don't want anything to do with us you change that narrative you change that narrative with your love and with your words and and by being straightforward and 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 keeping your stand but and not condoning the sin but loving them so that they cannot say anything but you know what i I don't agree with them but boy does that person they love they love me they care for me and uh, let's, let's not have it said of us, of those that we work with, let's not uh, let them be able to say, no man cares for my soul. No man cares for my soul. And so this was a city where they were prideful, and they, they were so prideful. By the way, I have a lot of by the ways here, because a lot's coming to mind. The transgender issue is, is in essence, an, out, an outgrowth of of pride against the creator I don't approve of how you made me and pride is 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 the source is the soil in which sin in which sin grows so understanding this city was full of this 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 pride I don't approve of I don't I don't like the pattern you set down for marriage I want a different way and so that was going on here in Corinth and uh, as well they were very focused on the arts uh, they had Corinthian brass, they had Corinthian uh, capitals or, you know, some of the tops of, of columns, uh, Cor- uh, Corinthian pillars and so on. So they were very focused on their, their arts. They had philosophers who uh, were very involved in uh, speculative uh, theories similar to some, uh, some of those that call them scientists today. Uh, who are very involved in, in speculative things, things that are not observed, but they, they say, well, this is what, what actually is, and because we're a scientist, no one can argue with us, and so on. So you yeah, had the philosophers of that day similar to the scientists of this day. Nothing's new under the sun. Nothing is new under the sun. Uh, it just keeps on repeating itself, gets renamed, rebranded, and comes out again. Now, you can kind of surmise that Corinth was a wicked city. Uh, the... the, the word Corinthian kind of had the idea of just unbridledness just kind of licentiousness just whatever you whatever feels good do it that was the the literal name and say it's like uh, it's like in that day it would have been kind of connected to a city maybe like Vegas kind of that idea you know that most of the time what goes on in, in Vegas is, is against against God um, by the way there's churches in in and, and Vegas did you, you know that and there's people that are bringing people to the Lord Jesus Christ in Vegas and 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 praise the Lord just like in Corinth there needed to be churches well We shouldn't go go a church in Vegas. Why they need God they need Jesus and so uh, that's what's going on in Corinth and Corinthian eyes actually had the connotation to commit whoredom to commit uh, immorality and so uh, right attached to the very name of the city was all sorts of, of sexual perversion that was going, going on. In fact, in the worship uh, in the, to the, the, the god Venus or the goddess Venus, uh, of prostitution was, was a part of the, a part of the worship uh, to the point that the temple, not the new temple when Paul was there, we don't have the number there, but there was said in the old temple to Venus, there was said to be 1,000. They boasted of 1,000 uh, temple prostitutes that were available to the travelers. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? Uh, what happened in Corinth stays in Corinth, and that's the that is the tenor uh, the, uh, the 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 setting in which Paul is coming to minister on his own, which is a really kind of a scary a scary thing. He's uh, he's uh, coming into this city in that way. So money was freely spent in Corinth; just live it up was the idea of of being in Corinth. In fact, it is thought that that. Paul would have written to the Romans from this location, specifically Romans chapter number one, where he begins to write about all the different pagan vices that end up in homosexuality that start with a a lack of gratitude towards God. So, as he's writing this, here in this city, full of everything he's seen, the, the downward spiral of sin, he's writing to the, um, to the Roman people, hey, it's all seen in creation. The Corinthians have just the same opportunity to see God in creation and to respond to that light, but they've rejected it, and they've turned away, they've become unthankful, they've worshipped the creature more than the creator, and they continue to move down this uh, spiral uh, spiraled pathway uh, to, uh, to sin and homosexuality. And so, as well, in that city, there, were, there was the great attraction of games, uh, so there was much that drew to the city, uh, similar to the idea of Olympics, and so Greeks and Romans flocked to the city, and uh, really continued in the downgrading of the city, just the, the immense sin that went on in this city of Corinth. And so, while Athens was very focused on, on just the idolatry, you couldn't walk anywhere without finding a god. Here in Rome, it was just this licentious lifestyle, this unbridled lifestyle of absolute sin. Whatever goes, whatever feels good at the moment, do it. And so, Paul is blazing a trail into this city. How would you like to be called to Corinth? But someone needed to go. Someone needed to go. And so, they needed it there. And Paul would spend a year and a half there in Corinth ministering the gospel it doesn't seem long uh, i've been here just over uh, over 14 years uh here in the, uh, here six years as, as pastor it, it, it seems kind of short but he got in there and he was he was as an evangelist as a missionary as an apostle he is there i'm going to get a church started we're going to get it underway we're going to pass it off to someone else and we're going to uh, continue on to the same uh to another place so he's there uh this year and a half uh, and probably not that whole year and a half. I don't know how long it was that he was there alone before he met up with some uh, helpers, but at this point, as he steps into the city, he is alone. Now look at verse number two. And found. Say that with me. And found. Okay? It, it, this, is, this is Paul uh, discovering something by happenstance. I'm seeing if you're with me. It's not by happenstance. Providentially, okay? Paul comes into the city on his own and he finds somebody he finds a a, a couple there and don't you know that God knows our need even before we ask God knows our need but when you pray use not vain repetitions as the heathen do for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. So as you think about the Buddhist who, who repeats and repeats and repeats, or, or uh, the Catholic faith who repeats and goes through the same thing over and over and over uh, uh, again, or other faiths that, that do repetition in their prayer, he says, don't be like them, be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have before ye ask him. Isn't that great? Aren't you thankful for that? He knows about your needs even today before you've even asked. And he encourages you to come to him and ask those, uh, those needs. And so God knew Paul's need. And so he comes into the city and he discovers some helpers. He discovers some helpers. Now, this discovery was as a result of an upset in Rome. Look at verse number two. Uh, he discovered a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come from Italy, lately come from Italy, so up in the, on the Rome area, and his wife Priscilla. Now, why? Um, Claudius Caesar had, uh, up in Rome, there was some insurrections, some riots, some chaos, some uh, things like that, uh, where, where it was driven by a particular Jew um, that was upset at Rome, and so he was stirring up problems. Um, most would believe that this, this Jew was uh, named Crestus. It can't be absolutely proven, but uh, Santinius, uh, a Roman historian, he writes, Claudius expelled the Jews from Rome who were constantly exciting tumults under their leader, Crestus. And so uh, up in Rome, right, Claudius Caesar just got tired of the, the struggle. He got tired, and you know what he did? He deported them all. He just he says, all right, round them up, get them out of the city, they're done. And he deports all the Jews out of the city. He said that was a horrible time. I can imagine if you were a Jew living in that city, it was a really rough time. I can imagine if you were a Jewish believer at that time and uh, up in the, the city, which I believe there was, uh, it, that was a really rough, rough time. This is a trial. If someone told you today, you're done, you're out. You're, you're out of town, pack up, move out. Would that be a problem for you? All right. Do you are you in? Are you sitting in the the shoes? Uh, I don't know. I doubt that they had time to sell their stuff. They're out. They need to be out of town. It's a, uh, a edict from the the emperor from the Caesar. And they were needing to to leave. Now, Aquila and Priscilla up there in Rome were caught in the midst of this, this tumult in the midst of this upset. And they were sent out of Rome. Now, it is believed that that. Uh, Aquila and Priscilla were either saved as a result of Pentecost or They were saved as a result of those that came back from Pentecost in chapter 2 in verse number 9 of Acts We find that there were people from Pontus at at uh, at Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost um, that came to the Lord Jesus Christ. They all heard in their own in their own tongue, and so now they're back up in 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 Rome and in that area, and and as believers, they come down to Corinth. They they were in Corinth as those that already had a heart for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, some of it we can't know exactly where they were saved, but he was from Pontus. There were people that were uh, there at, at uh, that were at Pentecost from Pontus, but they were here in Corinth as believers that Paul found had a kindred heart for the Lord. I'm thankful for the fact uh, you can travel. And by the way, guys, did you, did you find any other men? Uh, did you greet any other men uh, this this weekend at the men's conference that you didn't know but you had a kindred heart in the Lord? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah? And what a blessing that is. So just imagine the, the, the feeling of that. You, you know we both believe this on the, in the same Lord Jesus Christ. We're following after him. Our heart is towards him. So that's, that's what's going on. You have these folks down in, uh, in Corinth. So the, uh, the upset that happened in Aquila and Priscilla's life, really God used to put them in a place of blessing and of usefulness. And I don't know what upset you might be going through even right now in your life, or what upset will be coming down the pike in your life. But do you understand that God works through the upsets in our life? He works through the, the things that, that catch you by surprise. And he is not, he is not, uh, uh, not, he's not without noticing those, he, he works through the upsets of our life, political, uh, financial, relational, geographical upsets, through those flat tires, if you will. Uh, he works in that. Friends, God is working in our nation right now. It's hard to 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 look at our nation right now and say uh, it's not in some uh, some upset. Uh, as you face a you know a an expensive turkey, okay, it's you realize there's 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 upsets in our way of thinking, our way of life. There's some uncertainty. God is working in the upsets. And we can get all down on it and we can, it's really easy to go there. It's very easy to go there. It's very easy to go and complain about it. But what is God going to do with you in the upset of America? What is he going to do in the next year with your life? What is he going to do with Grace Baptist Church in this, in this, in this coming year? How is he going to use us and work in us and through us in this year? And uh, Paul had this mindset when he wrote to the Philippians 1 and verse number 12. But I would ye should understand, brethren, that these things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. I want you to know I'm in prison today because God wanted the gospel to be um, pushed forward a little bit further. So what is God going to do in your life to push the gospel forward in these days, in these days of upset like uh, they experienced in Roman? But notice that upset led to a blessing. That um, that upset led to a blessing in Corinth in specific. And so we see there in verse number 2, and came unto them, and came unto them because... He was of the same craft and abode with them and wrought for by their occupation they were tent makers. He found friends and fellow laborers in the Lord. It's always a blessing, isn't it? Um, Some of you remember the first time you walked into this church family and you realized there's friends here. There's fellow laborers here. There's someone I I can work and serve the Lord with here. And what a blessing that is. And it's like, ah, oh, it's, it's such a, an encouragement. Well, he found that in them. And I, I know there's some here that, uh, that share the same profession, the same job. What a blessing it is to even... Uh, to do that whether you work for the same company or you same uh, share the same profession there's some uh, electricians some truckers and and uh, construction folks military uh military you you talk a lingo the electrical guys talk a lingo the truckers talk a lingo the you know the business people talk a lingo. you know it, it, there's there's a camaraderie there there's uh, you know what i can i can talk here a little bit uh and so on and so uh they were of the same profession that being tent makers likely making leather leather tents. And uh, there's a a, a city that had a lot of trade going on in it, so uh, it would have been a good market uh, for that. And so it was was common for the Jewish fathers to teach their, their children a trade. Uh, Something my dad always had a burden for us is that we knew how to do something beside the ministry. He did not say, and I I really want you to catch this, he did not say, uh, Josiah, uh, I know you're called to ministry. Go to a a college first and get a secular degree so that you have a fallback in case the ministry does not work out. My dad was not faithless like that. However, what he did tell me me to do is, I want you to have a trade. I want you to have something that you're able to do with your hands. He says, I think every preacher ought to be able to swing a hammer. That really bothered my, pa- uh, my dad when, when he saw a, a preacher that, that could not get his, you know, get his way around doing something uh, with his hands. He couldn't change his oil, couldn't change a tire, couldn't, you know, I, I'm a, every preacher ought to have something to fall back on. That was my dad's um, perspective, and so he trained us. He was going to do his best to give us uh, something to do with our hands and hope that God called us into the ministry, and I praise God. Uh, for that, and so uh, the Jewish fathers taught their sons trade. In fact, one rabbi said it this way: "He that teacheth not his son a trade, teacheth him to be a thief." Wow. Uh, because he's going to have to be dependent on other other people. And so uh, it was it was in the heart of the father of Paul as well as in the heart of um, the father of Aquila that teach them a, a craft, and and it was this craft that they took up: tent makers, and uh, Paul used this craft. He came into the city as a tent maker using this craft so that he would not be chargeable to the Corinthians who did not yet know Jesus Christ and did not yet understand church life, and I even didn't even understand how that the ten Jewish men of the synagogue were responsible to support the work of the synagogue, to financially support the synagogue. So he did not want the, uh, the Corinthian, the unbelieving Corinthians, to be chargeable to him, and he says that in 2 Corinthians 11 and verse number 9. I was present among you. I did not want to be chargeable to you, so I worked. I, I used my craft. I, I worked with Aquila uh, to, uh, to work and to work hard. Now, Along that same line, the church is up in Macedonia hearing about Paul's missionary efforts. They sent an offering down that likely came along with Timotheus and Silas and it finally met up with them there at Corinth. And so uh, he mentions that again in 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 9. But he did not want to be chargeable to them. And I want to just take this moment to, to help us understand that this is the reason that we support church planners. Are you all with me here this morning? This is the reason that we support them for a period of time. Well, they are laboring in a city to gather a group of people together... For, uh, for an assembly of a church and to begin functioning before they become self-sufficient where the members of that church support financially the pastor and the work of the church, the work of the gospel in that church, there's a need for other believers like the churches of Macedonia to send and to help so that they don't have to work a job and do the, the work of the ministry. Uh, I, from time to time, and, and pastors may joke on uh, joke of this because they hear it sometimes, uh, but some people think that pastors work a couple hours a week, a couple hours on Sunday morning, a couple hours on Sunday night, and a couple hours on Wednesday night. Well, that's far, far from the truth, okay? Uh, far from the truth. A uh, pastor is 24-7. If you don't believe that, look at my my inbox, and if you, you say, well, I didn't pastor get back to me. Pastor might have had 57 other texts that he needed to get back to, okay? And he might he might miss some things along the way, and possible to miss something Uh, honestly I don't mean to miss something but it's possible along the way pastors work and when a pastor is having to be bivocational it's very difficult and will stunt the forward movement of the church many churches will say well when this church grows our pastor can stop being bivocational and friends that is a spirit that will stunt that church and will keep that church from ever growing because a pastor needs that time. He needs the time to be uh, witnessing. He needs that time to be laboring in the word and working with people in order to help the church grow. The pastors, the perfectest saints for the work of the ministry. A church that believes that and feels that does not value and understand the role of a pastor. And in our day, there is much devaluing of the role of pastors. Some of it is because of some of the blights that are on pastors. But you know what? In every organization, there is there are those that do wrong. Was there those that did wrong in the early church as pastors? Yeah. There were guys that were, they loved the preeminence. There were guys that got off, got off in the wrong doctrine. Yes, there was. But a church that understands uh, the value of a pastor is going to understand, you know what, we don't want them to be bivocational. We want to support that. So I I say all that to help us understand. When we talk about the 30-30 and church planning and a need for a church in Hilliard There is going to be a need for a church like us to say, we're all in. We don't want that man to be working a second job. We hear he's working a second job. We hear he's working some side work. We want to make sure he's being taken care of so that he can focus fully on the ministry and that that is not a load on his mind. How many of you say that finances are a load on your mind? You understand what I'm talking about? And I just want you to understand that if, if, as Paul was in that city, and then we live in a very connected society where we can all know about this, but as Paul's in that city, there's a focus. I gotta be focused on this, but I also need to be taking care of, of this matter. I need to be helping people along and helping people to Christ. And to, when that burden is relieved, I can imagine that offering from Macedonia was such a blessing. When that burden is relieved, they're freed to do the work of the ministry. So he did not want to be chargeable to them. We don't want... We don't want Pete Davison. We don't want Brad Burke. We don't want uh, jo- uh, Joshua Vec up in Dearborn, Ohio. We don't want these guys to be ch- uh, a chargeable to the people they're trying to win. Once they come to the Lord Jesus Christ, there's a responsibility on every follower of Christ to support that work. And that's, um, that is done through tithes and offerings. And so he didn't want, want to be chargeable. Now, later on, Paul explains all this to the churches um, and, in 1 Corinthians 9 and verse number 13. So he does get to actually explaining it to the church there in Corinth. And he says this to them, do you not know that they which minister about holy things live of the holy things of the temple? What's he saying? The priests were cared for by the things of the temple. That was God's design. They weren't working a second job, and they weren't laboring there at their own expense. They were, they were cared for by, the, by the, uh, the supplies, the resources of the temple. And he goes on, and they uh, which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar. Even so, even so hath the Lord ordained, here in the New Testament, even so as the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. I hear people say that, uh, that, that missionaries and pastors should not be paid. Oh, I hear, I, 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 it is, it, it's not something I'm just bringing up just for a pre- I'm preaching point. F- friends, God is the one that ordained that. Now, you say, well, this seems self-serving that you're preaching it. I owe you the whole counsel of God. I owe you everything, even the stuff that makes me a little bit uncomfortable to talk about. And it does make me uncomfortable to talk about this. But the, the matter is, I want us to be aware of what God says. And he's the one who said... A which uh, they which uh, uh, preach the gospel should live of the gospel. A couple of weeks ago, Brother Grant gave his testimony on on Sunday night and said, "Hey, the Lord's calling us." Well, at some point along the way, if the Lord, however the Lord leads in that way we're going to have to be a part of, I should say it this way, we will get to be a part of saying, hey, we're with you. And we're with you not just with our prayers, but we're with you with our financial support. Why? Because they which live of and um, preach the gospel should live of the gospel. He goes on, but I have used none of these things, neither have I written these things that ye sh- um, they, it should be done unto me, for it would be better for me to die that any man should make my glorying void. And so what Paul's saying is, listen, as I came into you, I didn't, I'm not writing this because you know, I was trying to get something from you. I'm writing this because this is what, this is the principle, this is God's way of doing things. That he, this is how he wants it done. But uh, I, I neglected, I put that aside so that I might win you to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 5 and verse 17, let the elders, referring to pastors, those that, that work in, a, in the church in that, that capacity, that rule well, that administer well, um, be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. You say, well, that doesn't say anything about um, finances. Well, it does. The word honor means compensation. And it says, let them that rule well be, uh, uh, be they're worthy of double honor, of double compensation. Now, now, I want you to understand what God is saying. God places a huge premium and value on the ministry of the word to his people. And sometimes people ask me, well, how do you come up with, you know, come up with your messages and so forth? You know that every, every message is going to take somewhere around 10 hours of, of preparation. And then, then the phone calls and the visiting and the administrative and all that. That's why as a church comes to about this size, uh, there, there's a need for the pastor uh, to have help alongside to deal with the administrative, the administrative things. Uh, and while you come in here on a Sunday, you realize, boy, uh, boy, everything's—you know—this is organized and this is organized. Just understand, there's a lot that 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 goes on to keep it in that way. But there's also, as as a church grows along, there's things that fall through the cracks if it, if that is all on the on the the uh, shoulders of the pastor. And so there's there's need in that way. There's much value that is placed here, and I teach this to you so that we can we can treat as missionaries come through. As pastors, church planners come through, as we talk more about that, we need to have the right biblical mindset on that so that we can uh, fulfill the will will of the Lord. And along that, that, uh, that line, just understand that God's work done God's way will never lack God's supply. If we choose to honor God, God will honor us. And so that's what we need to do as a church. We need to always honor God, do what God says, and then and, and then, follow, uh, uh, then uh, allow him to bring about the result. And so their, their profession was tent making. Um, even, even still in the Middle East, uh, many workmen's shops are in the basement of a house, and so he stayed with them. He lived with them. Boy, that, that's something right there. Uh, hey, this guy comes to town preaching the gospel. Come stay at my house. All right, here's a room. And then they work together, they work together in that that craft. But that's not all that they were doing together. Their profession was tent-making, but their passion was Jesus Christ. It was Jesus Christ. Notice Aquila and Priscilla are mentioned six times in the New Testament. Every time they're mentioned together. Hey, husbands and wives here, could I just could I put a plug in here? The Bible, the Bible helps us to understand that, that when God calls you into holy matrimony, that we, we do do things together. We work together. Could I always encourage you this? Serve the Lord together. Have the same heart for the, uh, the work of the Lord. May you be known as Aquila and Priscilla. They're working together in the work of the Lord. They're soul winning together. They're giving together. They're ministering together. They're singing together. Whatever the case is, do it together for the work of the Lord. They're always together, and they move freely from Pontus uh, down to uh, to ro- over to Rome, to Corinth, to Ephesus later on, back up to Rome. So they're moving around like. These people were travelers, but everywhere they went, they made a difference, and it's interesting, they not only served Christ together, they helped Paul in serving Christ. They were fellow workers in the ministry. Romans 16 and verse 3, greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ. Say that, my helpers in Christ. Now, I just want you to realize that paul viewed them as ones who came along and assisted they lifted the load was aquila an assistant pastor no it it just says that he is a man that that a passion for christ and he and his wife they were they were uh they worked with their hands but they they helped in the lord jesus christ they had that that testimony they also sacrificed for the lord jesus christ in romans 16 the very next verse verse number four who hath laid down Uh, have for my life laid down their own necks, their own necks, their own necks. It wasn't just Aquila, but it was Priscilla as well. Unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. So there was a point, the wording is, that they literally were willing to be executed for the sake of the Apostle Paul. Whoa. How many of you would like a friend like that? Not too many of you. I would. My stars. That's amazing. And this was their heart. And so that's how much they loved Jesus. Wasn't that they loved Paul. They loved Jesus because um, Paul was serving and loving Jesus. They loved him. And so it was an amazing thing. They sacrificed for Christ and his work. But they also opened up their homes. Uh, And in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 19, the churches of Asia salute you, Aquila and Priscilla uh, salute you much in the Lord with the church that is in their house. So they were at Ephesus at that point, and so they're sending greetings from their church that was assembling in their home there in Ephesus, and they sent their warm regards back down to the, to the believers down in, in Corinth. And they were friends until the end with the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy 4 and verse number 19. Uh, salute Aquila, or Priscilla and Aquila. And uh, in that verse, those are the last greetings that Paul gave before his execution. So right up until the end he was saying, boy, here's some friends that, that really just are my helpers in Christ, what a, what a beautiful thing. And so uh, there's an African proverb that goes this way, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. If you want to go far, go together. And they were helpers in the Lord Jesus Christ and they were part of what helped Paul go further Um, we find our closest and dearest friends along the journey in the work of the Lord. Some people get so focused on finding a friend, and they pursue after that, even to the neglect of the work of the Lord. Are you with me this morning? Well, I don't have any friends. Serve the Lord in your loneliness, and God will give you a friend. God will give you someone who, like an Aquila and Priscilla, can be right alongside of you. But when we get focused on anything other than Jesus Christ and his service, we get off track. There are many believers who sit in churches just like this who get off track because they get so focused on finding a friend rather than pursuing the Lord Jesus Christ. And it will bring to your spiritual shipwreck. And I warn us about that. Because it's a the thing that I hear from time to time. I, I warn us about that. Be like a Paul. I'm going to do the will of the Lord no matter what. And God will bring the friend along the way. We find our closest and dearest friends along the journey and the work of the Lord. And then I want us also to understand godly friends will not hinder us from doing the will of the Lord. They will help us do the will of the Lord. So here is this businessman in Corinth who ha- has a bottom line understand he has a bottom line he has to make some money in order to care for his family and so he's not so focused on that so Paul you know uh we got to make some money we got to take no they were so passionate about the things of the Lord even being with Paul and going to the synagogues and preaching the word of God they were so passionate about that they did not hinder Paul from the work of the Lord they helped Paul in the work of the Lord they enabled him to make a living to make a living. And so Aquila did not discourage Paul to neglect the gospel ministry for the sake of tent making. He helped him. Uh, I, I cannot go beyond uh, mentioning this. When I came here in 2007, I did not intend to stay here. It was not my intention. Uh, my intention was, the Lord's called me to pastor. I'm going to go somewhere and pastor. That was my heart. I want to I go somewhere and pastor. I came here because God had closed the door in another another state and city for me to be an assistant pastor. So I came here with nothing to do. We went on our honeymoon and I did not have a job. That's a pretty amazing lady right there. I did not have a job. On my honeymoon, I get a call from a painter here in town who says, "Uh, you come this next Monday and you have a job. Well, I I worked a couple days for him and found he was a liar par excellence. And I could not in good conscience do what he was telling me to do. So I picked up my check and told him I am not coming back and, uh, and, and just, just told him why because th- th- I, this violates my conscience. I cannot, I cannot work in this environment and do that. And I still did not have a job. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it sounds funny right now, but it, it wasn't funny then. And uh, do you know what? God sent an, an Aquila uh, you all know Brother Dennis paints, and I don't know whether I called him or he called me or found out about it, but at some point along the way, he says, "Well, why don't you come and work with me in a couple days? I'll throw some work at you, and 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 so on." And that relationship turned into a five-year relationship, full time to part time, and I painted. Now that was the backside of the desert for me, not because it was Dennis, but because it was I wanted a pastor. Lord, put me somewhere. I don't care if you put me and have me start a church. Put me somewhere. But God's saying, no, not time, not time, not time. I don't know how many times God told me not time. And uh, he closed doors. We'd pray specifically. Lord, we feel it and the Lord was sent along, somebody sent along Brother uh, Martin uh, uh, at the age of 28. He goes, what do you you think the Lord wants you to do? I said, the Lord's called me to be a pastor. I was 28, uh, sitting in a coffee shop over the green, not Panera, sitting in another coffee shop, and he says, you need to wait till you're 30. That clear, that direct, you need to wait till you're 30. And I thought, well, that's interesting because my wife and I are praying specifically about this. And uh, I called her and I said, well, I think the Lord just told me to wait a little bit more. And so I'm, I'm waiting, I submit to that, but all along, I, I am getting to work alongside of Brother Dennis. Well, you know what's interesting about him? Uh, he had the same heart for VBS as I had for VBS, or for the work of the Lord here as I had for the work of the Lord here. Now, he'd been in the church a lot longer, but you know what? I never once had to, to neglect the service of the Lord in order to make a living, and there are times, he didn't know I was going to say this, but there's times I'm, I'm full well sure that he sacrificed to make sure and to enable, enable me to pursue a, a calling and to work by voca- uh, you know, be bivocational in order to accomplish what God was doing in my heart. And friends, that's exactly what Aquila was doing for Paul. It was an, an amazing thing. And so as we think of that, godly friends will not hinder us from, from the work of the Lord. They will help us in the work of the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to be that type of friend. Don't you? Don't you to one another? Don't you want to be that type of friend? And, and so Paul embraced this time of bivocational ministry so as not to be uh, a charge to the Corinthians, but to win them to the Lord and use it as a time to prepare the harvest. Because, in this is, I'm going to touch on this briefly before we wrap this up. I want you to notice in verse number four, there's a season of planting. There's a season of planting that is going on here. In verse number four, and he reasoned in the synagogues every Sabbath. Every Sabbath. So he reasoned, he goes there and he begins discussions. That's exactly what that word means. He just went there and broached the subject. He opened up the subject. He broached it, he began to talk about it. The idea, he did this over and over. He did this um, uh, because he was called to do it and this is what he was focused on. He broached the subject. Luke records in the book of Acts that he did this in Thessalonica, he did this in Athens, he did this in Corinth, he did this in Ephesus. This was the way that he began. It seems that as he continued on his missionary journeys, he understood that it was good to go into a town broach the subject bring up conversations and let the lord lead into further opportunities through those conversations every sabbath day he was doing that what is your pattern what is your pattern in this time he initiated the conversations what is your pattern as you go into the world this week what's your pattern as you go to work do you this goes back to what I said a moment ago sometimes we feel like we are obligated to change a person no don't look down there don't look down the road just look at start the conversation look for a way to insert the lord jesus christ look for a way to insert your testimony look for a way to leave a verse of scripture look for a way to point them to the lord jesus christ so every sabbath he's doing this and we need a plan to do the same thing uh there's a season of planting uh, and as he did, I have no doubt that he prayed and asked the Lord to take those conversations and open up more conversations and help them along the way. So he initiated the conversations, but secondly, he encouraged conversions. It says, and persuaded the Jews and Greeks. Persuaded is the idea to convince, to convince. And so over and over, he's, he's saying things, but he's convincing them. He's urging them. Hey, I really think you ought to think about Jesus Christ. I think you ought to consider what he is he is telling you to do and so Titus 1 in verse number 9 says holding for fast the faithful word as he has been taught that he may be able to by sound doctrine both exhort and to hear catch it convince the gainsayers that's the idea of to to uh, uh, to persuade those that do not yet believe and so The Bible tells us in John 16, verse 8, that the Lord himself, through the Holy Spirit, he will reprove the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. He's the one that does the convincing, the reproving, the the convincing in their heart, the persuading in their heart. We open up the conversation. We urge them to follow the guidance, the guidance of God in his word. And so a person may have to hear an invitation many times before they receive the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you got saved the very first time that you heard the gospel. One. It's, it's more common that a person is going to have to hear it and hear it and hear it again. And so Paul was doing that in this time. This is, again, before Timotheus and Silas join up with him. And so he uh, says in 1 Corinthians 3 and verse number 6, when he's dealing with the whole campism that was going on in Corinth, the, uh, the divi- division between the different preachers, he says, I have planted... Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. God's one that gives the increase. And so he is there in a time of planting. He's working to the harvest field and he's planting. God is even sending along others who would water that seed and would bring that into a church body. What a beautiful thing that it was that was going on there. Paul knew his place. God had him there for a reason. God gave him a helper in Christ in that place, both Aquila and Priscilla uh, ladies are important. God just proves that right here. He underscores the value of women in the ministry, their function in the ministry. By the way, ladies, if this was a church full of guys, oh, can you imagine? Can you imagine what it would look like? It would look like some of our shops. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, uh, ladies add the hospitable touch. They add the sweet tone. Uh, they're the ones that, you know, they're going to be bothered if it, it doesn't smell quite right. And the guys are like, oh, just tough it out. You know, it's just a, you know, in a, a man cave, you know. And, uh, ladies are important. And both of them were helpers to, unto Paul. Both of them. He mentions, he did not just mention Aquila. He mentioned Romans sixteen three on um, Priscilla as well. Both are valuable and helpful. And so I simply leave us with this question today. Are you a helper in Christ like Aquila and Priscilla. Are you a helper in Christ? The beginning of the church in Corinth could largely be credited to this couple that were just simple helpers in Christ. Helpers in Christ. What a blessed blessed, uh, story this is. And I ask you this, not only will you be, but would you consider this, how can you be? How can you be a helper in Christ? What is right in front of you that you can help along the way? What is it that, that is, is a, a burden on your, on your pastor's heart that you say, you know, I can, I can lift that burden. I can lift that, that, that vision, and I'm going to take that to the next step. And I'm not going to just take it and run on my own with it. I'm, I want to I get the guidance. I want to get the heart, and I want to go forward with it. And I want to I be a helper in the Lord Jesus Christ. Where can you be a helper in Christ? Well, church. No, well, where specifically in the church? What need do you see? Well, they just keep forgetting to do this. Well, could you be a helper in Christ and help with that need? Maybe it's forgotten because it's just you know kind of falling off the plate. You know, like you know, you get a plate full of, of jello or something, and something starts falling off the plate. You know, maybe it just fell off the plate. Well, the deacons should take care of that. Well, m- maybe they should, or maybe they need some help. Well, my Sunday school teacher, if they would, m- maybe they just need some help. Are you a helper in Christ? Where can you be a helper in Christ? And to whom can you be a helper in Christ? It could be another member in the church. Well, I wish they would just realize that when they do this, they, or don't do this, it's really a bother to me. Well, maybe they need some help. By the way, could I just say this? A, a humble response to someone offering help to you is not, well, I just think that they think that I'm not good enough to do this, so they're coming to me to try to... Come on, that, that's not the spirit in any way. It's very prideful when we do that. Someone's offering help to us. We ought to say, well, you know, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Can we do that? Can we make sure that that's our spirit? Because I have a feeling there's going to be some that are going to need to ask, hey, can I, help some, uh, can I help you after we see this today because we want to all be helpers in Christ? Well, let's not be offended by that. Let's accept that help and praise God for it like Paul did. And so uh, let's be helpers in Christ. That's my message to you this morning. Let's be helpers in Christ. Not just, this isn't just towards me. This is towards one another. This is towards what God is doing in this place. Let's be helpers in Christ. And may, if, if, a, if a, a letter was written about Grace Baptist Church or from Grace Baptist Church, may we all be on that letter. You know, salute them. Salute them. Because they're, they're helpers in Christ. Not because we want to be noticed uh, but just, that's just become our reputation. We're helpers in Christ, and we can all do that together. Can't we? Every one of us in this room can do that. Every one of us can be a helper in Christ. And so praise the Lord. And by the way, uh, I'll just highlight a few, a few things. I was talking to the guys about some things we're going to do in the coming year. Uh, I'm thankful for the guys. They're going to help, help make that to happen for guys, to win guys, bring guys to the Lord, but also to minister to guys. Uh, I thank the Lord for what we're doing with our missionaries on Sunday night. You know when you read that prayer letter, you're a helper in Christ. You know when you take, uh, take one of those offering envelopes and give to the missionaries, we're helpers in Christ. You know when you communicate to your missionary? you're a helper in Christ. You know when you take a, a, a new move in gift and put it on the door, you're a helper in Christ. You're a helper in Christ when you vacuum this floor, clean the bathrooms, take care of the nursery, teach a class, sing a song, uh, minister in any way, pick up a piece of trash on the floor, straighten something up, clean windows, uh, uh, mow the lawn, uh, I could go on, pour concrete, build trash sheds, you know, uh, work with me as, as a deacon, oversee uh, some financial aspect, count the money. All these things are helpers in Christ. And without it, the church falls apart. Now, if we'll all be helpers, everything will go forward, and boy, I'll tell you what, the Lord can do marvelous things with a church full of helpers. It's a problem when the church becomes, oh, I just need to be helped. You know what I mean? When we kind of, uh, it, it all has to be about, about me or us, and me being helped. Let's all seek to be helpers, okay? Can we do that? Let's stand and just ask the Lord to help us with that, and then give us an opportunity to pray about that before we leave today. Thank you, dear Jesus, uh, for this clear, clear, sweet, very tender story about Aquila and Priscilla, and how they helped your ministry uh, progress forward, we give you praise for it, we ask that you'd help us to be helpers in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. With your heads bowed, how many of you would say with me, Pastor, that's my heart, I want to be a helper, a helper in Christ. And would you raise your hand to that? Praise the Lord. I'm grateful to be a part of a church that has a spirit like that. Why don't you pray? Why don't you just take some time to pray? Maybe a husband and wife would, uh, would come to the altar or kneel there at your seat, and you'd say, God, help us to be Aquila and Priscilla together. We want to do that. Maybe you'd pray in that way. I'd encourage you to do that right now. Maybe as a kid, say, I want to be a little helper in Christ. Uh, you, you pray that right now. Let's take some time just to commit that to the Lord. It'd be really great for some husbands and wives to pray and say, we want to be Aquila and Priscilla. Let's just um, breathe a word of prayer together. It helps, guys, lead your hus- uh, your <laughs> don't lead your husbands, uh, lead your wives <laughs> Lead your wives and have a word of prayer. God help us to be Aquila and Priscilla.
0: Thanks for joining us for this episode. And please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for checking out this episode. and we look forward to having you join us again right here on the Grace Baptist Church podcast.